you know in slavery yourself today, you are now free. You ought to be thinking as a man or a woman who is free. That is why the Bible says that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. If I know that I am free, how much can you do if you just come to the consciousness that you are now free from death, from the law of sin and death, from slavery, you are free from all your enemies, you are free as, a, as an individual, as, 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 as a person, that you ought not to think as a slave. Because that may make you not to even be fruitful. Here is what it says in verse 7. The Israelites were exceedingly fruitful. They multiplied greatly, increased in numbers, and became so numerous that the land was filled with them. By the end of it all, more than three million left Egypt. Yet, this says just only about 70 of them who were there. And at the point Moses was born, I'd like us to perhaps just run through to chapter number three. And that was the time when Pharaoh said that every boy must be killed. And he wasn't supposed to live. He was supposed to have been killed. Yet the mother saw it fit to put him in a basket in a river now, let it flow, and lo and behold, Pharaoh's daughter found him and took him in and raised him as his own. Now you look at verse number 7 in chapter number 3. And this is after Moses has now grown and he is now a, a, a man he, he knew who are his people. He saw their sufferings. He was, he was not happy himself. So much so that at a point, a, 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 a Hebrew man was um, fighting with an Egyptian and Moses took it upon themselves to kill this man. And, and, and it, 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 it is what made him now to flee after he realized that the people knew what he did himself. And that at the time, came to a point in chapter in verse number 7 the lord said i have indeed seen the misery of my people in egypt i have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers and i am concerned about their suffering this was god talking to moses says i've seen i've seen i've seen the misery of my people and you may be in a point where you've gotten to a point where you now come to acknowledge that perhaps your suffering is not something that God may have um, taken notice of, or maybe you you are thinking that things are so very bad that it seems as though God has forsaken you. Now, when you read something like that, it, it should open up your understanding in a particular in that in that particular area that God never intended for anyone to suffer. He has your best interest in his heart. 
He cares for your needs. He knows all your needs. He he wants you well. He wants you to be you know to be um, um, leading a, a life that says that indeed you are serving God. And he says he says he I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So he says I have come I have come down to rescue them from the hand of Egyptians and to bring them out of the land into into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hittites, and the Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So he said to Moses, So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I'll be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is, it is I who have sent you. He said, when you have brought the people of, when you have brought the people out of Egypt, he says, you will worship God on this mountain in Horeb. Says this will be the sign that I have sent you. And when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me out has sent me to you, and they ask me what is his name. Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you have to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And that is what he said that he should say to the Israelites. And God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. Then he says, this is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He says, this is the name that you shall call me. Now understand that this, there, was, there was a reason why God would have wanted him to be able to remind them that he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Understand that there was a covenant he has made with, with him that he wanted to remind them of the very promise that he has made to Abraham, that he knew his people where they were. There was not, the, 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 that was not what he, he would have intended or wanted for them. And he wanted just to remind them at this time, you need to be reminding yourself who God is. How do you relate to him? How do you, how do you call him? What is, what is he to you? I just want you at, at your, at that personal level in your life, because it matters who you, he says, this is my name that you should call me.
from generation to generation. He is still the same God. He is the same today, yesterday, and forever. He is, he is the same God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who commanded light out of darkness. He is still the same God. But the question is, how do you relate to him? For God to can remind Moses that he must say to the children of Israel, say to them, I am has sent me. There was something that was very significant, that was very symbolic, that was very important for them. He wanted to remind them who he is. Now, I want to take this opportunity today to ask you, wherever you are, that you remind yourself of who God is. How 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 much do you do you know God? How do you relate to God? What is it that comes to mind when you think of God? What you call is still is he still the, the provider? Is he still the redeemer? Is he still to you the God of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Is there anything that is that significant, even in a name, that you know that God has called you to himself in order for you to worship God, to have such a relationship with God? Do you even realize how how important this is to yourself today? And and, and just begin to, to realign yourself with this plan. Because for every great edifice that is ever built, there ought to have been a concept. There ought to have been a model that is developed before, long before even that edifice is built, long before you build such a a, a great and, 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 and house or a magnificent house, it ought to have been planned. It ought to have been um, at some stage just a, a thought, a, 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 an idea or a concept, and that is what you need to see. Then he says in verse number nineteen, I know that the king of Egypt will not let let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. So I'll stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I'll perform among them. After that, he will let you go. That ought to say to yourself that no matter how difficult or how hard the circumstances may be, God's plan concerning your life can never be frustrated by just a mere man. It can never be frustrated by just a mere man or what any man is doing. God's plan for you, for your, for your life today, can never be frustrated because there are as many people that may seem to be in disagreement with your son. Now, after all the signs that is performed, you go through verses 4 all the way to verse number 11, God has, 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 has brought about as, as many signs and every time he, you know, Pharaoh will harden his heart and, 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 and he will not let the children and, and, uh, of, of Israel go. And you come to verse, uh, uh, chapter number 12, I just want to read you just from verse number 1 because this particular part is, 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 is very symbolic, very significant in our lives today. If you read from Verse number one, the Lord said to Moses, chapter number 12, Exodus, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, this month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. Then he says, 
tell the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. There's always a bigger plan that God has for our lives. There must always be that thinking, even in your life, when you find yourself going through such hardships or such difficulties, you know, trying times and challenging times, be able to remind yourself that God has a better plan for my life. It says here in verse 4, If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor, having taken into account the number of people they are. You are to determine the amount of the lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect, and you must take them from the sheep or the goats. Take, it says, take care of them until the 14th day of the month, when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and the tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. That same night, they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire along with bitter hands and bread made without yeast. Then he says, do not eat the meat raw or boiled in water, but roast it over a fire with the hair, legs, and internal organs. Do not leave any of it till morning. If some is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you are to eat it. With your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Then he says, On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. This is a day you are to commemorate. For the generations to come, you shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. For seven days, you are to eat the bread made without yeast. On the first day, remove the yeast from your houses. For whoever eats anything with yeast, in it from the first day through the seventh must be cut off from Israel. Now I say this so that I can just bring to remembrance what the Passover was all about in in um, um, to the children of Israel. But at the same time, you need to understand this in relation to the salvation that you have received yourself. I was just saying to you just now, in the construction of any great edifice, 
there must always be a plan. There must always be a, a model of sorts that will say this is the final the final um, um, uh, structure that is to be built. And the same with us today. When you read this Exodus, you find a pattern of salvation and redemption of humanity in it. It was it, it is symbolic of what was to come. And it is to us today some uh, what 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 we are in Christ or what Christ has brought about in our lives. This is what you need to understand that even when you think about salvation itself, it is not more about reading the scriptures or just about the history, but receiving the life from the death of Christ. The life that you have now received, what does it mean to your son? How much has it turned your life around? Because this is what this was all about. And that is why I was asking, are you still in that place of slavery or you are now free? Are you now leading a life that says that I am now in Christ? What he has done for you is something that you have come to embrace and you are able to live as such. You need to consecrate yourself to his service and submit to his control. Be able to do things that will say that you truly understand who he is to you. Be able to, more than anything, look for that fellowship and the relationship nature it in a way that it will help you to, 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 to grow spiritually. It will help you to experience God in a, in a very special way and build such a relationship with Him so that you do not continue to suffer when you are supposed to be free. How much is this a reality today? The sad thing is, many times, people are suffering or many of God's children are suffering even when they 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 know that they are now in Christ. That part there's no question about it. But the consciousness that says what it means being in Christ or what this ought to have brought about in my life, that seems to be missing. Everybody if you ask them very quickly, they are able to say, no, I've given my life to Christ. I've, I've received my salvation. I'm a born again child of God. I have the Holy Spirit on the inside. What has he brought about? What has changed? What is it that you, what, what is it that you understand that you now have that is working for your son? That will help you to say that I'm no longer a slave. I am no longer in Egypt. I have now transcended. I have now 
have now there's been that total transformation, a, a, a complete change. It, it began from let let it be something that 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 happens that you you're so very aware that it is it is now transformed you from the inside out, and 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 that is where sometimes we 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 miss out because we now get used to just reciting the scriptures or knowing the history than what really it has brought about in our lives. And it is very important for us to get to that level that spiritually you've now moved beyond just knowing um, what the Bible says to being what it, is, what it says um, um, that you are. Be able to lead um, um, such an exemplary life or walk as such in a manner that will say that indeed there has been such a change. First Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 7 says, Therefore, take out the old living, that you may be a new lamp, since you truly are unliving. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Now, this is, this is just um, uh, talking to... Um, to you and I, every, every born again child of God, he says here, therefore, patch out the old living that you may be a new lamb. Since you truly are unliving, for indeed Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us. Yes, it is true that he has died for our sins. But it is not everybody who has come to, 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 to be able to um, 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 experience this in their lives or who have received this into their heart and may be able to make that personal confession. In other words, the, the blood was sufficient, but it is not efficient unless it is applied. And, and, and that is so very true to us today. When God said to the children of Israel that they must put the, the, the blood on the, on the posts, on the lintels on top and on the sides of the doors so that when he sees the blood, he will pass over. Anyone who may have not done that, even if he was an Israelite, that's would have um, not saved them because inasmuch as that blood was sufficient enough for them, they did not apply it. And by not doing that, it did not save them. It did not have, it would not have helped them. So understand such to say inasmuch as it is sufficient, it needs to be applied. It needs to be, it, it needs to be something that you are you are able to take advantage of and be able to use it in your personal life today in a manner that will help you to be able to bring about the changes or the the life that you desire to see first john chapter number 1 verse 7 says if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, 
cleanses us from all sin. If, if we walk in the land as he is in the land, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Not some of it, he says, from all sin. So it is very important that you come to that realization, to that understanding that as a child of God, you cannot afford to be in Christ and yet you're walking in the darkness. This, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. It is your personal decision to be able to choose to walk in his light. You may, you, yes, you were once in the darkness, but now you are children of light. You ought to now be walking in his marvelous light. Be, be, be thinking as such. Be, be able to now be, you know, um, um, seeing the, the things that he has desired for you to see and be doing the things that God would have desired for you to be doing and understand that it is nothing to do with your personal experiences or your personal feelings that will save you, but being able to apply this truth in your personal life today, that is what will make a difference. Says in Hebrews 9.22, according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission. This is what he has done for us at the cross of Calvary. Bible says in Hebrews 9.22, according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission. The children of Israel had to apply this blood on the doorposts, on the, on the signs, on the lintels, and that is what saved them today. But you, Josiah, you are now in Christ as a born-again child of God. You need to be able to now embrace this truth of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ into your heart and be able to begin to apply the way in your personal life and in everything that you are doing. Continue in that fellowship with him. Be able to give yourself time to worship God, to serve God with all your heart, with everything that you, that you have, that you are. Be able to say that I'm not just, you know, a, a, a Christian to... Um, to add the numbers, you you, you make your your presence fact. You 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 participating. You partaking and 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 you 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 become hands on. You you are involved with the work of of, of the ministry wherever you are. You know that things that are happening there. There's 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 a part that is you in it. That is what you're doing as a as a. A Christian as a as a child of God, and 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 you're very much aware of what He has done for you at the cross, and the victory that His death has brought about upon your life. You begin to experience it as you are fellowshipping with Him, as you are 
worshiping God as you are serving God. This now begins to just unfold right in front of your own eye and you get to now start living such a life of victory in Christ Jesus. Let us read the book of John chapter number 6. I'll read you from verse number 53. He says, Jesus said to them, Verily, very truly I tell you, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, you have no life in you. What a statement. The Israelites, God has told them to um, take a lamb and, and roast it. And, 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 and after they've killed it, take the blood, put it on their doorpost and everything. And he said, he must, they must roast it as, as a whole. This was very symbolic of of, of, of what Christ was to, to, to bring in our lives, what he, has, what he has done for us at the cross. But not only that, when he has now given them that uh, instruction to now partake or to eat that um, after they've roasted the meat, he's now, when you look at this reference here, he says, very truly I tell you, Unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. You have no life in you. That just, that's just, that, any, any one of the children of Israel who may not have done what they, what, what, what God has instructed them to do at the time, you know that literally to have meant that they would have perished with the rest of the, of the, of the Egyptians. That they would have, they would have died. Whether or not he is an Israelite, that would not, not have mattered. It not have, the only thing that saved them was because of what they done. They, they were able to, you know, put, put the blood on their on their doorposts and everything. When and that angel of death came by, he he will pass over when he sees the blood. Now this is saying to us today that unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. That is why every day. <coughs> Every time we're partaking of this communion, the communion, we are doing that in remembrance of him, of the body of Christ which was broken for us. And we drink the cup in, in union, in oneness with him. That is to, to say that this is something that we know that it has brought life upon us, upon our lives. You now have life. You're drinking life into it. Don't just do it anyhow. There is life in it. You know, you're not going to find yourself you know, walking as though you 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 are you are a, a, a man who's 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 uh, who's who's who doesn't know you know who who he is what is it that that Christ has done for him what he, what he has brought about in your life so that is how important it is and this is the one part we sometimes miss and sometimes just get used to doing things and 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 you know and and, and it is now become like a routine. No, it's not just a routine. Understand what this communion um, ought to do in your body, in your body um, today and in your personal life. Then he says here, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. 
Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. He says, as the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. You ancestors, he says, ate manna and down. But whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. And that is just what you need to understand. That his body was broken for you. In order for you to can have life everlasting. In order for you to enjoy the life that God has called you into. So your faith and your hope has always been God. Not not on a man. You, you need to continue trusting and believing God even for your victories. If you read from First Peter chapter number 1, I'll read you from verse number 13. It says here, Therefore, with minds that are alert and sober, fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. As obedient children, the, the children of Israel obeyed God. They were able to follow the instructions that he gave them. They were able to do precisely what he wanted them to do. And that is what saved them. Sometimes it pays just to be obedient. It pays just to listen to instructions and be able to carry them without, without reasoning or trying to um, argue your way out or, or, or defending your own position or or what you think is, is, is true. They had already their own beliefs. They, they, they already had, they, they, at the time, they, they, they were serving their own gods and everything. But that is not what was needed at the time. All that was needed is that they are obedient enough. And it says here, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. When you lived in ignorance. At the time, before before you, 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 you were born again, before you gave your life to Christ, you had, you had certain desires, you had habits, you had, you know, there were thoughts that you, 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 you had, and those are not things that you, you should allow them to continue to, to uh, rule your mind, to continue distracting attention away from God. No, but just as he who has called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, he says, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. 
He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. And this is what you need to understand and you need to embrace in your heart. Bible says he was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. For your sake, let it be something that you are you are aware of and be able to internalize this in your life today so that you can be able to you can be able to lead it. The, the kind of life that God has called you into. Not continue to suffer when you are now in Christ. Not to continue to struggle when you are supposed to be bringing about such a, 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 an impact or changes. Not only just to, to, to for yourself, but also to influence those around yourself. That it, it, is, it is not... It, it will not be it will not be right for you to now you know uh, find yourself conforming to the to the things of the world or to the worldly uh, desires or or the things that you knew that is what what was contrary to what you now believe in. What has this salvation brought upon your life? What has changed? How 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 sure are you? That indeed there is something that this, this salvation has brought about in your life today. You, you need to sometimes just, just let go of everything else and allow God to, to take control over your life. Let Him be in charge of the decisions that you are making and everything that you're doing. Exodus 29, I'll read you from verse number 5. Take the garments and dress Aaron with the tunic, the robe of the ephod, the ephod itself, and the breast piece. Fasten the ephod on him by its skillfully woven waistband. Put the turban on his head and attach the secret emblem to the turban. Take the anointing oil and anoint him by pouring it on his head. And this is something that is very important for us to always be, be be mindful of even in our lives today so that you understand that the, the anointing that you have received is something which has come to stay upon your life. It is something that will help you to be able to do the things that God wants you to do. He has anointed you to preach his gospel. Let the spirit of the Lord speak by you even today. That wherever he is sending you, whatever it is that he brings upon your, 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 your thoughts and, and your plans, that he has already anointed you to be able to do the very things that who, who, that, 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 that God, God wants you to be doing. So in other words, it is, it is not for you to think about what you may, what, what your experience was or what you think you're able to do. But that anointing ought to bring about an ability that you didn't have. It ought to, it ought to help you 
to think in a different way. It ought to be something that you can depend on. It ought to be something that you can use in order to bring about the life that God has called you into. And that is how you get to lead such a life of victory in your life. When you're thinking about you um, 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 uh, being able to attain such a victory in one area or the other, are there plans as God would have given the children of Israel a detailed plans at the time he's asking them to 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 to, to um build him a, a sanctuary he gave them specific plans what it must look like what its size must be its finishes and 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 the different areas in the in, in the tabernacle and, and, and when you look at the altar card you will find that this is where they will and offer their burnt offerings and, and, and sacrifices. And there was a holy uh, a place where there was a, a golden lampstand and an altar of incense that was that is symbolizing symbolizing who Christ is to us today as the light of the world and the bread of land. The holiest of the holies would have been where the priests who come in, the Bible says, only once in a year for the sprinkling of the um, a blood of atonement. And only the priests at the time would have gone into the holiest of the holy places. But today, not only that is our high priest, is also our atonement. You can go into the holiest of the holy places yourself anytime with that boldness and be able to talk to God and God will listen to you. You don't need to sprinkle blood. You don't need to slaughter a lamb to sacrifice or anything like that. You need just to present yourself to him as you are. That is why it said that you need to come boldly unto the throne of grace so that you're able to obtain that mercy and find grace to have in time of need. Be able to come boldly to him. You don't need anybody to present you you, you to represent you or anything of that sort. You have direct access to him. You don't have to think about what you may have done wrong and all the things that you, you don't understand. No, come boldly. That is all that you need to do. Just 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 present yourself as you are. Don't try and, and the mistake sometimes that we, we tend to make is that we're trying to first um, 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 uh, deal with our own challenges and by our own self, and be thinking that perhaps when we are good enough, that is when we're going to seek God or, or go into His presence. No, come as you are. God, that that, that this this God is 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 the one who who transform your life. He's the one who, who will help you change the habits that you don't desire. He's the one who will give you the right ideas that will help you to think in a way that you ought to be thinking. Not when you first. And, and try and purify yourself by your own self, and then you think maybe, oh, and then I'm good enough to go to um, 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 to God or to ask Him for His forgiveness, and that is not what God would have desired for any one of us. So understand self and be able to you know think and and do precisely what God would have wanted for you um, uh, to be doing, even at this very time, so that you get to a point where you've come to experience God personally at a different level and in a manner that says that I have now come to access this truth. The, the untold riches in Christ Jesus have come to know who God is personally and, and I'm living a life 
or of victory as an, an overcomer or somebody who is now in Christ, who's born again, you know precisely that you have now arrived, you're now in the promised land, you, you're now, you know, enjoying just the fellowship that you have with God, being in his presence 24-7, knowing who God is and, and, and being able to think and, and, and do the very things that God wants you to be doing. Because unless and until such time that you've attained that victory in your in your mind, in your spirit, it'll be very difficult for you to find yourself being able to attain the victories that you're thinking you need to attain even in your personal life today. And you need to understand such so that you can be able to begin to align yourself with the plans that God has for you in the first place. The very plans that he had in the in from right from the beginning. That is what you need to be able to focus your mind on and continue fellowshipping with God. Continue serving God the way that he wants you to be serving, to be serving him. Continue doing the work that God has called you into and fulfilling the very purpose that he has created, he has created you for. Before you know, there are victories everywhere. You're not going to have to look to, uh, to struggle, to, to, to find yourself being liberated financially. No, it will not be a struggle to find yourself having such a, a personal experience and encounter with him. It will be something that, 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 that is, that is, you know, it becomes an everyday experience. It becomes an, a natural way of life, a natural way of life that you, you are living as, as a, as a child of God, as a Christian today. So it is very important for you to not to allow yourself to be, to be distracted, to stay focused and be able to say to yourself, this is where God is taking me. And where you are, you are very aware that there are plans, there are things that God has, is doing, you know, that will enable you to get to the desired end. But if you're just working, you don't have even a sketch, you don't have even a, a concept, you don't have, you don't have even, you know, an idea of where really he is taking you. It may be difficult to even get to that destiny, to the desired end. That is why it is very important for you, even at this time, to sit back and be able to reflect on the very plans that God has revealed to your Zion and realign your Zion with those plans because that is where your victory is. That is where you will get to find yourself living such a triumphant life. Just giving yourself time to follow the, the, the instructions He's giving you of being obedient enough to be able to listen to his word and get to allow yourself to make the, the adjustment or changes that you need to in order for you to realign yourself with his plans. That, I believe, is what will help you to make progress even quicker in your life. You're not going to take a 40 years journey when you're supposed to only um, um, uh, spend um, three days to be um, in, a, in a level um, where God has, has, would have wanted you to be. And that is just where, where you, you get to see people getting frustrated because it seems as though they, 
they are moving but they're not making progress there's a difference when you just when you just saying you know when when you it's not about you know um, just you uh, moving from one place to to another and and then you're thinking that there is progress because you've changed houses or you changed car now that there must be evidence enough to say that you you are now indeed progressing and and there's there's growth there is there is evidence that that is you're, you're increasing and multiplying and and there are changes that are visible that are tangible so get to desire such and and continue making such progress in your life so that your life doesn't become stagnant and you feel as though you're in the wilderness many christians are living in the wilderness when they're supposed to be in the promised land and that is just it shouldn't be your testimony thank you god bless you mighty